WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Hour number two of the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart here on WEEI. We'll get right back to your calls here in one second. I just wanted to circle back to the Keishon Booty stuff we were talking about. Here's some more of the numbers on it. Uh, Chad Graff, who covers the Patriots for The Athletic, had a couple of tweets. He said, Kayshawn Booty allegedly didn't do much to hide his illegal gambling while placing more than 8,900 bets while underage, uh, including some on his LSU football team. He used accounts with the username Kayshawn Booty 7 and Kayshawn Booty 01. According to the affidavit, Kayshawn Booty wagered $450,969.44 via 1,520 bets in 2022 where he won over 30, uh, excuse me, where he won over 385,000, which would indicate gambling losses of 65,000. And then in 2023, he allegedly wagered 186K and won 170K indicating losses of 16k. Well, he he learned. He 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 started bet a little he less, lost, right? He lost he bet less total money and he Where's lost he this money. Le- well, I mean, he played at LSU. <laughs> well, Andy had a great theory. Oh, I do have a theory. Yeah. What's your theory? Am I, should I uh share it now or you want to wait later? Uh It's re- it's regarding Kayshawn Booty's betting. No, what do you got? The bus, yeah, I'm no, sorry. what do you have? What do you have? So, um, is there any chance that he was somehow like the middleman and he was sort of running his own little gambling ring and placing bets for yeah, others and I, maybe taking a portion or something? I actually or, think I that's a that's uh, pretty twenty three bets a day for one person is a lot. No, it's pretty logical. Like when I first heard the nine thousand bets, I was like, all right, well, he was clearly running like he was the guy, maybe like he was the guy yeah, that they were all which going is worse, to. right? Yeah, probably. I mean, oh, as I far like, as like getting into more trouble and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there had to be more to this. Also, yeah. But I think where the league's gonna, you know, well, and somebody was asking on the text line, like, if he did this before he was in the league, can the league punish him? It's like, yeah, yeah, they still can. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Terrell Pryor and the whole Ohio State crew yeah. that they got auto- all they got they, was tattoos, right, for autographs, <laughs> yeah. and they he had yeah. to serve like a half a season suspension. Yeah, didn't so he? Like they definitely games? can. And I think if if plus he stinks. No offense, but yeah, but he he's not nothing. that good. So they'll so that you, yeah, you'll just get kind of wiped Bye. away. Plus, I think once they're like you bet on your team and you bet on like you, you see you later. That's... Plus, there were lots of um, whispers about red flags with him he's entering a, the league. He was a first round pick one day, then he ended up going in the sixth. So yeah, there was and LSU knew this last year, right? It was official. They they said they do you think were... Bill Belichick and Matt Grow knew yes. of this. Yeah. Yep, I do. There you go. I would agree. I bet they did. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones. They can save us. Uh, Allison's in Cambridge. She will lead off this hour on WEI. How you doing, Allison? Hi, guys. I'm doing well. Good evening, guys. Good evening. I have a question for you, Andy, Andy Hart, yes. Yes. which is, why didn't Bill Belichick just hire Nick Cayley two years ago rather than Matt Patricia and Joe Judge? Because I think that he likes control and he likes comfort. And Nick Cayley was his own. So why wouldn't he have just done that? So the Why do you um, think? reported speculated reason for that was that in this world where offensive coordinators are at such a premium 
if Nick Cayley did the job, he would lose him quickly. There was also the same theory uh, for Bill O'Brien bandied about. There was this idea that if they just went with Patricia, he thought they could do a good enough job and no one would snatch up their offensive coordinator and you could keep that guy with Mac Jones for a longer period of time. It's a good question, though. I mean, he was right there. It's a terrible it, theory. It, uh, no, but a lot of us at the time were saying, hey, I don't even know much about this guy, but give him the job. Because I know yeah. that he's not Joe Judge. I know he's not Matt Patricia. So I will take this guy who's been an offensive assistant. Uh, he was on the staff from 2015 through 22. And then once he didn't get the job, he was like, all right, I'm going. And, and then he left and and don't just listen to me. I liked him. I thought he was a good young voice. I yep. always enjoyed talking to him. He came off as smart and energetic and like things you're looking for for a modern young coach. But Dante Scarnecchia has raved about him yeah, and the work Nick Cayley's done. And the whole theory of tight ends coaches are great young offensive coaches because they're so involved with everything by the nature of the position. You have to be involved in the running game, the passing game, protections, the whole thing. So... that's the only thing I can think of is Bill was trying to play chess while everybody else is playing checkers because if I make Kaylee the coordinator, he's going to do a good (laughs) job and people are going to want to hire him. Terrible. Uh, I didn't realize he was a John Carroll guy, too. Oh, yeah, they all are. Another D3. These D3 guys. They all are. They'll hire you and me. We can get in in there right now. Bill's a D3 guy. Matt Patricia's a D3 guy. McDaniels, Casario. I always like to say that. I played football in the same league that Bill Belichick did. I played in the same league as Patricia. So See, then, yeah. boom! No, we not... should be running a football team together. <laughs> you want to be the you be the coach, I'll be the GM. Yeah. I'd pro- rather be the GM. I probably actually played it. Did Kaylee play? He must have. Oh, I believe Did, so. Yeah, yes. okay. I, I think we played John Carroll one year, and I think we're roughly the same age. All right, let's go to uh, Mark on Cape Cod. What's going on, Mark? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm really shocked by this news with the Falcons taking Raheem Morris over Belichick or Vrabel. I mean, when when they parted ways, when Belichick and the Patriots parted ways, I 100% thought he was going to be coaching somewhere. Yeah. But what were the odds? When he, when, he, when, they, when he left, what were the odds like of him not being a coach? Oh, it's oh. a good question. I Probably uh, insane. You would have gotten big plus juice. Because he was the favorite in like two places and top three in another two places. So if you were – I don't even know if I saw those odds. If it was just – Bill coaching versus not coaching. Uh, I mean, you could have made a ton of money if you said not coaching. Yeah, and I think the person most surprised is probably Bill Belichick. Got to be. We're all surprised as outsiders, but yeah, I can't. Now, um, I was just texting with somebody. I'll leave Bragged. them unnamed. Well, yeah. Um, texting but they were the like, show. No phones during the show. We're not allowed to have phones? What no, is this, a school where phone. I have to turn it in and put it in like the, uh, yeah, lock the hotel, motel or whatever? <laughs> put it in the lockbox. Um, but... Are we going to get whispers that, well, you know, Bill didn't, in the end, didn't really like the situation in Atlanta, and he, he, he actually doesn't like any of the situation. This is kind of how he thought it would, you know, when he drafts everybody and they trade down, with pretty much what we expected, and that's pretty much the guy we would have taken. Yeah, and yeah, everything. yeah, yeah. He oh, was ahead be, of the curve. There'll definitely be a spin to it, but I do think if you go back to his exit statement, the very end of it, he almost got like a little pep in his step about like what's next, and he's excited for what's next, and then it was followed up by Robert being like, well, it's going to be weird to see him with a cutoff right. hoodie on another sideline. I'm going to be rooting for him, except when he plays us. And you're like, man, they, he knows where he's going. I thought it was going to be like a few days later. So the next day, the Patriots hired Mayo. So you're like, all right, maybe they'll, make, they'll, they'll take a couple more days. But then Bill's going to find a job. And then we also, I kept waiting for one of these teams that lost the wild card round to fire their coach. They never did. And so I don't know if Bill 
thought he was going to go to one of those places, or if he really was like, yeah, I'll go to Atlanta. Like, I have my mind set on Atlanta. Went great. Arthur Blank wants me. Because the Atlanta rumors came out, like, week 15 of the regular season, remember? Yeah. Like, Atlanta. Like, what the hell? I still don't get it, and I still no. think they made a better decision. Yeah. Uh, what about the UFL? That's he could what do the that. UFL is called, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, he gets one call from Dwayne the Rock Johnson, the guy that yeah. Hart wants to run for president. And uh, Wait, he, why do you say that like it's as dumb as the Salt Lake thing? It's for sure not as dumb as the Salt Lake thing, but it's it's just and the Salt Lake thing wasn't that dumb. Pretty it's dumb. The salt though. flats was, that ah, are just down the street. And you know how they get salty? The they used to be there's water a lake too. In the title. You're such a boob. Oh, is that right? I'm a boob now? Yeah. Because you don't know what how lakes work? Boob. All right, let's go to Mark in Amherst. He joins us next. Hello, Mark. Uh, hey, Rich. Uh, hey. Andy. Hey. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, uh, two, two things I want to bring up. One, just a quick victory lap. Uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, your options, Rich, were retirement or, you know, where does he end up? And I called in and I said, I think he takes a year. Huh? And um, you you left me off. You said oh, not a chance, <laughs> and uh, and then so. Yeah. But I wanted just to explain why. Yeah, yeah. Um, one exactly what Andy was just saying, kind of reading the land. I really think he was hoping to get into like a bidding war. But the other thing that goes with that is my next question. I just have one more question about Booty. If you can hang on, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, <laughs> of course. So the next question Maybe is um, with Bill is, did he ever actually say? to anyone that he wants to break the record. I mean, we all are presuming that, so I'm, I'm wondering if that's actually out there that he's told people, yes, I want to break the record. So that was part of my thing. I think it was just speculation why he might take a year just to read the tea leaves and just say, maybe that Dallas job opens up in a year or two, maybe a better fit. You know, Atlanta might be nice, but that's not going to get me those wins right away. I'm going to have to be in the league for three years. So I guess ask, asking you guys that, did, is that reported anywhere? He said, yes, I'm going to do this record. The se- second thing about Booty is um, my confusion on gambling. Um, so is he on the hook for his winnings for taxes? So the money he's win, 355000 even though he's only taken out, does he owe a, is he going to owe like $500,000 in taxes for what he earned? Uh, good question, Mark. No, I no, don't believe so because no, he think, actually lost money. Yeah, yeah, no, because he didn't win. I think, he actually just got a good tax deduction if he <laughs> wants to retroactively. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know like what he deposited and how I didn't read the whole, the all the stuff yet. But I haven't read it all either. But no, but like, if he you put can in, deduct but, losses, I was gonna say if he put in four hundred thousand dollars and lost, uh, you know, eighty five, that's just all right, you lost money and you keep moving, right? Like, right. Well, now the tax ramification would be. Did you declare where you got that four hundred thousand dollars from? There you go. Yeah, you can take that's into that the a issue. More. Yeah, like what, this is pre nil, right? Or no, this twenty twenty two last year. He could have had an nil, I guess. Yeah, maybe he would have. Um, but I think there'll be some sniffing around of where that money came from. I don't think we've heard the last the last of this. I did see some tweets that some of this stuff is even felony charges. It's it's bigger charges. So. Um, it's, and we all know the tax guy gets you. Just ask Al Capone. Oh, uh, that is true. And well, stupid me when I first read the uh, headline, <laughs> it said something about. Um, it didn't say gambling. It said gaming. It said something about uh, he was when he was a minor. He was accused of creating a fraudulent online gaming account. And then blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is he playing? Like high-level Call of Duty or like uh, Overwatch for pay? Like, what is this? I'm like, oh, no, no, never mind. 
He's, nope. he's just the traditional. Because it says illegal gambling. sports gaming. And I'm like, gambling. But I guess it's the same thing. I get, Yeah, that but, is weird to call it gaming. Gaming. I'm like, what? But anyway, his, uh, his point on Bill, everybody assumes he wants the record. I think it's kind of human nature to want the record. You're that close to the record. You might as well get the record. But I don't think anybody has it. There's no quote of Bill Belichick um, saying, I want that, is there? No, no, no. Not a quote from him. Right. I believe some of the um, bigger picture stories have cited people close to Bill saying the record means something to him or like loosely kind of indicating that he has at least probably in like a Wicker Sham article or something. Yes. I believe it's loosely. I've had people loosely tell me that they're pretty sure he cares about it, but I don't, I don't think he's ever said, damn it. I'm coaching to like, now the flip side of what the caller said, he goes, didn't he just say, you know, maybe he realized in Atlanta, it's not a great situation. It might take me a few years to get it. Well, yeah, it's a better situation than zero. (laughs) Because yeah. you're going to get zero wins in 2024 without a job. Well, I also, I am uh, definitely surprised. And, and so if anybody wants to take a victory lap saying that he's going to be out of football for a year or maybe even out of football forever. forever, I definitely laughed at that because I thought he wanted a coach. I feel like he does want a coach. So I think we're right about oh, he that. he does. So we're right about that part of it. I assumed one team out there in the world would want him to coach them. So that's really what I'm surprised by. And so if people predicted that, like, good for you. I, I certainly didn't see that part of it coming. All right, we can keep, continue with your phone calls, 617-779-7937. The Kayshawn Booty story is certainly a wild one. Plus, you have uh, all but two jobs filled right now in the NFL head coaching vacancies. Commanders seem like almost a done deal, so it might just be the Seahawks that are left out there. Patriots still looking for an offensive coordinator. What do all these moves mean for that again 617-779-7937 the number to jump aboard it's the rich keith show with andy hart right now here is stiz with what's trending now here's what's trending on weei trending now on weei and weei.com first we got the news that the carolina panthers were set to hire tampa bay bucks offensive coordinator dave canales as their new head coach and a couple hours ago we learned that the atlanta falcons who Bill Belichick interviewed with twice and who most thought was his best shot at a job, has decided to go with Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as their head coach. In other football news, Patriots wide receiver Kayshawn Booty was arrested by Louisiana State Police on Thursday as part of an investigation into illegal sports gaming. Booty is accused of placing bets using a fraudulent account while being a 20-year-old senior at LSU. Gambling under the age of 21 is illegal in Louisiana. Affidavit alleged Booty made almost 9,000 bets, including bets on LSU while he was playing there. Patriots have released a statement acknowledging that they are aware of the situation and they don't anticipate to comment further. Bruins' five-game win streak snapped last night as the Carolina Hurricanes left Boston with a 3-2 victory. Bruins back on the ice tonight in Ottawa, taking on the Senators. Puck drops at 9 p.m. from the Canadian Tire Center. And the Celtics, they're in Miami tonight facing the Heat. Tip-off from Miami at 7.30. Clean injury report for your Boston Celtics. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keith Show coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Watch how we go down. 
the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart here on WEEI. You can join the program, 617-779-7937. Bill Belichick without a job. It looks like he may be without a job for the 2024 season, perhaps beyond. Let's go to the phones right now. We got Kevin in Bill Ricca. He joins us next. What's up, Kevin? Hey, Andy. Thanks for taking my call. I don't really want to talk about Bill. Okay. But here's my thing about the draft. You know? Yeah. Nobody, nobody knows what quarterbacks are going to do in this league. And as far as we know, in the Mac Jones draft, only one of them is good. You know what I mean? So who okay. knows what these uh, quarterbacks are going to be? True. And so I want the generational player, which I keep hearing on the radio, and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes. You don't think he can make Mac Jones or Billy Zappi uh, better? No, no. That's what uh, I'm going for. Right. I, that's what I want. You know, get away from the Bill Belichick. He can't draft wide receivers anyways. So let's, uh, you know, get this number one receiver and let's see what happens. All right, Kevin, uh, I'll tell you what. That's your boy? You liked that? Yeah. So this is one of those things where I like your final answer of drafting Marvin Harrison. I don't like how you got there. I don't like the he can make something out of Mac Jones, make something out of Bailey Zappi. I don't want either one of those guys anywhere near the starting center week one next year. I do want Marvin Harrison. I do want Bo Nix or who knows. Maybe you can go somewhere else if you want to even go. Just It can't be Mac Jones. I, I, it just, I, I can't be. But I do love Marvin Harrison. But I'm also not drafting Marvin Harrison because you're a, afraid of quarterbacks being busts. Hate to break it to you. So can wide receivers. So can tackles. So can running backs. So can literally every single position in the league. So... That's my problem because, you know, Hart, you and I disagree on this. You want the quarterback. I want Marvin Harrison. Mm. But most of the people that are on my side keep citing, like, well, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields stink. I'm like, okay, who cares? Like, that's, I hate it. I that's hate not it. that's not my rationale. Like, I don't want that's, – that's, I don't agree with that part of it. The fear of drafting quarterbacks, and um, I think Felger is the reason for that. I think he promotes He's a, that anti- a drafting of a quarterback guy he he's like a, afraid of that oh and i don't understand it at all because for every i mean okay so there's more failures than than successes but the teams that are good drafted a quarterback in the first round i was gonna say because like, then where do you plan on getting them like right, tom brady can't. is such an anomaly for so many reasons like you're not gonna get one in the sixth round you're probably not gonna get one no no team's really going to trade you a good one. And then if you're going to get one in free agency, you need to be, you know, the team that, like, you have everything else, and then right. Tom Brady joins you for three years or Aaron Rodgers joins you for two or, like, but you're not, you're nowhere near that. Like, you and it's are really hard to do that. It is. Oh, really be, hard. Like, time-wise, because you could draft Marvin Harrison and then – Maybe the timeline doesn't marry up, and then he's a free agent, and you, I don't know, you trade him like yeah. Devontae Adams or the Tyreek Hill. Like, That's tough. There's just a lot that goes into trying to do that, whereas I'm a firm believer. You need other stuff, mm-hmm. but if you have the quarterback, you're like 70% of the way there every year. Every year. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, I think Lamar Jackson now, when he's healthy, you're there. Mm-hmm. You're in the mix every freaking year. So, yeah, I know there's a chance the guy I take stinks, but I need him. i got to take that risk. That fear factor is so weird to me that these people, you people, that's what I say to Fitzy, he (laughs) gets mad, um, 
are afraid to take a quarterback. Is there a better – you think there's a better likelihood that uh, Drake May is good or Bo Nix? Oh, Drake May. Okay. So yeah, even yeah, yeah. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. who kind of wants Harrison and Nix, is what admitting, I want. Yes, yeah. I'm getting the lesser quarterback. I'm getting the lesser shot at the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. So I like Nix more than most. That's why like I'm okay with with waiting to the second round or trading up a few picks and getting him in the in the late first. I just think Marvin Harrison's that good. Like to me, a lot of it is Marvin Harrison. Like I'm fo- I'm so fixated on him. It's not, oh, he's the best receiver in this class. It's like, no, this guy is insane. This is like Calvin Johnson or this is like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. That's how I view him because there are other good receivers in this draft too. Like Malik Neighbors might be the fifth pick or sixth pick in the draft. He's really good too, Mm -hmm. but I would probably take the top three quarterbacks over him. But I don't really want the he's really good too because I was trying to think about this. The, The really elite receivers almost always hit. They have a really good, in in my just, I don't know. Uh, That's why I was asking. Yeah, okay. Like, because I think of guys that are not all the top, I'm not saying all the top 10 picks hit. I'm saying the guys like Harrison. Like, I was thinking back to Mike Williams was a bust, but he was a really weird situation because he had that. He came out and then they wouldn't let him go back to college and then they wouldn't let him come out and he was in that. So, yeah, so not just the top picks, but you mean like guys that were... Yeah, regarded as like Tavon Austin so, and guys like that. They 20s, were not regarded as franchise elite generational talents. True, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was. was. Yeah, that's what generational I'm talent. Calvin Johnson and uh, Jamar Chase. Because even Jefferson, he ended up going in like the twenties, so he wasn't right. like a unanimous guy. Because like twenty seventeen, I know I know what you just said, but I'm saying twenty seventeen, there was three drafted in the top ten, and they all sucked. But who are they? Uh, Corey Davis. Not sucked a generational is, talent. Sucked is strong, but yeah. Mike Williams, the uh, the Clemson the Mike round. Williams, who's yeah. hurt all the time. And then John Ross, who I think is out of the league. Yeah, none of those guys were generational talents. No, let me see if there's, I'm scrolling or down. Even, or even like multi-year, oh my God, I can't wait till this guy's draft eligible because he's going to be really good. Is Amari Cooper, was he a generational talent? He was a fourth pick in the draft. I don't Kevin White. so. Kevin but White I'd also argue Amari Cooper's good. I think I think Cooper's good. No, yeah, I think you could, you could, if you think he is, then I think he counts. But that year, what what a first round this year was, 2015. Amari Cooper, Kevin White, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Brashad Perriman, Philip Dorsett. The Jesus, freaking Patriots, Patriots. <laughs> Patriots had three of those guys. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, here's one. Because this was actually a really good class, and this was the guy that was at the top. Uh, in 2014, Sammy Watkins was the fourth pick. Yeah, he was supposed to be great. And he never really did. And then right after him was Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks. So it was like, you missed on Watkins. Yeah, so that's, because you're right, Tavon Austin wasn't really billed that way. No, and I also don't know. Blackman? Uh, That guy had other stuff going on. Yeah. I also don't know. It's hard to remember what I thought of guys in, like, the year before the draft. Like, in the, oh, did I go into September of whatever year thinking this guy's going to be a stud receiver or... After the season, did I say, oh, this guy's going to be a stud receiver? Like, true. Calvin, I feel like A.J. Green was a guy that yeah. for a couple of years was talked about, and he was good. Green and Julio Jones were in that same draft together, and they were yeah. both studs. They were both really good. Uh, Michael Crabtree, I remember thinking, was going to be insanely oh, yeah. good, and he was fine. He was fine. He wasn't a bust, but he was like, he didn't really live up to it. Did you, quick side note, mm-hmm. and maybe grab bag opportunity, did you watch the um, Keyshawn Johnson? 
who, by the way, did not live up to the number one pick. Number one overall um, pick. He was he had his moments though. He was fine, but he yeah. was not a transformational number one overall. Yeah, pick he didn't talent. score enough touchdowns. Uh, did you see him and Richard Sherman going at it about? Uh, could could he beat Richard Sherman? Could Richard Sherman guard him? It's three minutes of oh, we'll have to grab awesome, it. awesome audio because it's just the two old glory days guys arguing about how they were going to cover. Well, so those like, guys had other. something else that popped up on Twitter a, while, a couple weeks ago. Well, where, I think they do a podcast or a segment together. Yeah, and like Keyshawn got up and walked off, and I'm sure it was probably part of the bit, but like he just Sherman was going on and on and on about something, and Keyshawn was like, "I can't even listen to this." Yeah, you like, should, well, you should, y'all enjoy it because I know you love sort of those I cocky, I glory love both days those guys. argument yeah. type things. <laughs> I, was, I was a big fan of Keyshawn. I remember in uh, what middle school I did a book report on "Just Give Me the Damn Ball" by Keyshawn Johnson. That's awesome. <laughs> My teacher was like, "All right, whatever." Did you have to put like "darn" in parentheses? Like, no, I think it. I just did it as is. Whoa! Like, all right, edgy. Oh yeah, edgy we, rich we, Keith we even back blue. then. Yep, yep. Wow. Let's go to uh, Sam in Maine. He joins us next. What's going on, Sam? <laughs> Guys, love it. Andy, you're one of my favorites on the station, but sometimes you're a turd, and I hate to kind of agree with you. That's a good point. Um, that middle, port, bit, that middle I, part I thought was spot on. Wait a Sam. minute. There was a lot going on there. I'm one of your favorites. Yep. Turd. You hate, I'm a turd, turd and you hate to agree with me. Right. There's a lot going yeah. on there. I'm not sure I'm putting that on my resume. Good start. <laughs> well, normally I'd agree and take the quarterback, but I think this draft's a little different. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in the draft, and I think it's hard to – not take him, but I think we can get Penix either late in the first round or in the second. And so I think that's that one exception because no one on the top quarterbacks really wows me enough. But how do you skip over the best player in the draft? And as long as he's not a tackle or a guard, I don't want one of those. <laughs> well, not only that, Sam, and that's why I'm I'm with you on that. I think he is the best player in the draft, and it is a super important position, maybe the yep. second most important position and it's an, an incredible need. So it checks all the boxes. If you're drafting for need, if you're drafting for uh, best available, if you're drafting for whatever, like the whole thing, I think I think it's Marvin Harrison. Yeah, it checks off Gerard Mayo's boxes that he's been talking about. We're going to draft the best player for a position that <laughs> yeah. need that's very yeah. important, or yeah. however he describes it. Um, no, w- this is going to be fun. Certainly, it is. We see these things from afar all the time. Now we're in it. Like we've we've looked the Saquon Barkley one I always go back to. There was always the debate: Do you take a? He's the best player in the draft, arguably. Yeah, yeah. Do you take him? Do you take a running back at? I believe two. They two took old, him. They took him at two. They sure did. And what's the value of that position? Is it a smart pick? And I remember Dave, uh, was it in Gelman, Gittleman, Gettleman, yeah, Gettleman, Gettleman, um, talking about. He just believed you. T- if, if you'll never regret taking a Hall of Fame talent, and if you believe the guy's a Hall of Fame talent, doesn't matter what position he's at. Do you think at, they regret it? Take him. Um, he does. He's out of a job. <laughs> they moved on from him. But I mean, um, if you look at that draft, that was Baker Mayfield number one, not even on that team anymore. Then Saquon Barkley two. Then Sam Darnold three, not on the team anymore. Then you had some good like Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, Josh Allen, Roquan Smith. So Josh Allen was the best player. Yes. Right. Well, no, well, Josh Allen is now, but like going into the draft. No, I, I know, but I'm saying if if you had the vision. Yeah, Saquon's had, really good. When he's healthy, he's really good. He's an all-pro caliber running back. Oh, yeah, if you were going to do the redraft, it would be Josh Allen by far. But Although Lamar you, Jackson also in that draft, so it would be probably oh, yeah. Josh so Allen, Lam- Lamar. Josh Allen, Lamar, and then it would bold. Uh, Saquon Barkley, maybe. Saquon go third? I mean, he's. I don't know. Some people would probably ask for uh, Quentin Nelson. People like Quentin Nelson. Minka Fitzpatrick in that draft. Vita Vea in that draft. Okay. 
So uh, he's anyway. still in the running for the best player. Jair Alexander, who might be my favorite player now after that stunt he pulled down in Carolina. Yeah, that was a stunt. He appointed himself captain and called the toss and almost screwed up the whole thing. I was going to say, the best part of it is yes. the screw-up. It's yeah. one thing if he goes out there and just run of the mill, we defer, blah, blah, like, blah. What are you doing out there? <laughs> screw it up. No, he's like, we want defense. They're like, uh, what? You sure about that? <laughs> the best part of that story, we talked about it on the air before, but the best part of that story was somebody on the team screwed it up before, so Matt LaFleur talks to the ref before every game and tells him right. what he wants. He doesn't trust his players, his professional players, to do the coin toss. But anyway. You? Would you uh, trust them? Yeah, they're pros. I would think it doesn't these guys. Would, yeah. They're teenagers with money. I've always said it. That there, there's no difference other than the bank account. Matthew Slater can't say whoa, whoa, heads, whoa, wha, tails, whoa, whoa. and You're then say defer. The, how many hey. Matthew Slater, Slater caliber uh, captains are there? That's out my there? star players. That's that is captain. your captain. That's, that's all, captain. all our captain. <laughs> but a lot of those captains are yeah. also idiots, like the rest of their yeah, teammates. That's fair. But going back to this, like best available and like what you want and everything else. It, the other thing is. I think there's going to be more and more talk, believe it or not, after all the years of us losing our minds about trading down. If you don't love any of these quarterbacks, like that last caller said he's not really in love with any of the three quarterbacks that are likely to go one, two, three. Do you try to move down? I'm fine with it. Get more draft picks. Absolutely. Because the one thing I would say, now the the needle that I would love to thread somehow is this idea could I trade down from, and it won't work, because Arizona's <laughs> four, correct? Arizona's four? Yes, they are. But could I trade down from three? And get Harrison somehow. And get Harrison in a future one? Because if I don't believe in the quarterbacks, that's what I want to do. Because then I'm selling the plan is, sorry, we're going to suck again. We're going to be like the Red Sox and have a couple sucky seasons. But next year, we're going to have the ammo with our pick and another pick to get a quarterback then when we already added the receiver. I just think if you trade down low enough to get another number one pick and maybe like a number two pick or whatever, like there's more stuff, the lower you go down, I feel like the less chance you have at getting it. Now right. you're out so of I the top. It. Yeah, so that's why I'm a no on trading down. I would just stay at three. That's why I, no I would. To, yeah. The dream scenario would involve a team at four or whatever. Like the, the Cardinals screw it up because if – Four and five don't need a quarterback. If Marvin Harrison is on the board, they are taking him. Otherwise, they should all be fired. (laughs) You're keeping a franchise quarterback who's questionable in Kyler Murray. You have to give him the generational weapon. But if there was a world where I can trade down to four or trade down to five and somehow still get Harrison and a future first-round pick, because three could be really valuable. Because some people are going to view three as the last franchise quarterback. Oh, it's super valuable. And so I think you'll get calls from teams that are, I'm going to take a look, eight the Atlanta Falcons are 8, the Vikings are 11, the Broncos and Raiders are 12, 13. You might get but calls what am I doing them. at 8? I don't eight? want 8. I think I think three receivers might be off the board by 8. And even right. the tackle for like the, the small percentage of people that are like, you need to build them up front. Even that guy's gone. Joe Walt's gone by 8. Walt and Fashanu. Right, they're both probably gone. So I don't like that strategy. I would rather be bold, and it, this also circles back to who's making the call. Who's going to have the most input? We don't really know. Elliot but if, Wolf. But if someone's in there like, hey, guys, we could get a lot for a team that's trading up to get Drake May, but us in the room, hypothetically, we all really like Marvin Harrison. Should we just take Marvin Harrison, or do we get cute 
and then get all these draft picks, and then you're relying on all these other teams to hopefully have a, a player slip in the draft. I don't like that strategy, even though I understand that they have plenty of needs. They, they need more than one guy, but give me the stud. Give me the guy that you think might be a Hall of Fame player at, at three. Yes, and do you think it's possible? Remember when, so the Niners traded up to three. Yeah, for Trey Lance. Well, but no, they traded up to three for a quarterback. They oh, openly oh, oh, yes, said, yes, 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 yes. and if you remember, they were they basically crapped all over Jimmy and said, any quarterback we take there will be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> they screw, um, you're right. They screwed that up from Jump Street. It wasn't oh my God, just the pick terrible. and how much they gave up, but doing it so far in advance because you're like, how do you know for sure who's going one and two? Right. It yeah. was a terrible trade. It was. Anyone who does that is dumb, mm-hmm. even though they have a great franchise and a great chance to go to the Super Bowl and have built a tremendous roster. Somehow they, they screwed that pooch worse than anybody has in a long time. It's incredible. But isn't it impossible? Like, from afar, we can all say, well, there's three quarterbacks. I'd love to have a. But if you were an actual GM and you met with all these guys. You and have you to have watched, a favorite. And not only that, I think you'd have a guy that's like, at least I'm scared to, yes. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, scared yeah. to death to take him in the top three. So, like, that's the information we're going to be lacking. When Elliot Wolf uh-huh. and Matt Grow and Gerard Mayo and the Crafts sit down. And Bill Belichick. Wait, what? <laughs> I said, and Bill Belichick, who no. might come back as you your You said uh, you didn't like that idea. Nope. That was your nope. idea. You said you didn't like it, so I I'm don't. not making that part of my hypothetical. All right, fine. But so when they out. sit down yep. and... They're going. They're gonna remove one of those guys, and if two of them go one and two, and the guy they don't like go is available at three, then trading down is going to be a possibility, and it should be. I don't force it. I don't take. I don't force it, even though I think they, me from in the outside perspective, puts it on auto draft for any quarterback that's available <laughs> yeah, at three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they should do that because they're not gonna love them all. No, they but can't it's, love it's, them all. You're right. They and they can't just look at it the way that many of us do and just like oh any, well they have more order. information they have so like we don't have the psychological right. profiles and we don't have every strength coach telling me you know but you know Jaden Daniels when he gets money he is going to be a diva you're going to have pro- like he was I, betting I, with Keishon Booty down at LSU right. yeah. like they're going to know so much more than we know and they can't possibly love all three as franchise quarterbacks that would be that would be really unlikely uh Oh my god, it'd be super it'd be super unlikely. So get ready for that... trade to be a possibility because it's also smart business because somebody else may love that guy or may be so desperate for a quarterback, Atlanta, you know, what yeah. you say, eight to three. I know. I mean if, give if, you a one. if you're blown... and now you're being smart. As much as we want quick return on investment, we want Gerard Mayo, we want a quarterback. I fell in love with it. Jim Nagy joined Fourier and I on the midday show the other day, and he said you can get a franchise quarterback at three, a starting tackle in the second round, and a 60-catch rookie wide receiver in the third round. And I'm like, jackpot, that's <laughs> yeah, the plan. I'm okay, like, thank you. That. You sign me but, up for that. But, but here's I my think, problem with all this. is it's, Okay. Because, like you said, they have to have their own big board. and It would be fascinating to see what those are. They should be forced to, like, every 20 years, release them. So you can look back and be like, this was actually their big Once board. the last player yes, is retired. retires. Yeah, take a look I at love, it. That is a phenomenal idea. Thank you. You're, you don't have them often, but nope. that is a good one. That's like two a week, though, or two this week, I feel like. No, but that would be amazing to go back and, and see, like, oh, this team was really smart about this guy. Oh, my, they were way off on this guy. But anyway, I think if they have a real – they're going to have to decide Drake May or Jaden Daniels before the draft starts. And then the sort of fingers crossed that their guy falls to him. And then if he doesn't, you're right. And then you get down to trading down. But let's say they love Marvin Harrison and they love Malik Neighbors and they even love Joe Alt. 
for the purpose of this conversation. They love all okay. those guys. And then they get a call. In Diana Rossini voice? Yeah, right. Love. But they get a call from the Raiders at 13. And they're like, hey, we'll give you the 13th pick. We'll give you next year's one. We'll give you a two and a three. And we just want to jump up to three. Yeah, you're getting a lot of picks. But now of like the four or five players that you loved going into the draft, when you owned the number three overall pick, you're now not getting any of those guys just so you can get extra picks. Yeah, I'll take the guy I love. That's what I would. That's what I would do. I would advocate for that. It, it, I probably would say the same, but there's different ways. Like I think, to some degree, the Philadelphia Eagles have done some of this when they drafted Jalen Hurts, so you could get your Bo Nicks. Yep, yep. And yep. then, but they kept making deals, and they were stockpiling ammo for last year. Yeah. To potentially get a quarterback if they needed him. Now they clearly decided they didn't need him. Jalen Hurts developed. They gave him the money, the whole thing. Although now. <laughs> now maybe you need him again, but <laughs> yeah. it's too late because you use those say. picks. Yeah. But that's where you're trying to, you trade down and you get your Devontae Smith in that pick. And yeah, then yeah. you added the two. Now next year I have my one. And again, if you trade down, in my opinion, you're kind of admitting this is a multi-year process. The only dream scenario to, to mm-hmm. really expedite this is, you take the quarterback at three because the quarterback is the first big piece. Yeah. And then maybe you get what I just talked about, the tackle and the wide receiver. But if you trade down, you're right. You just went out of potentially the elite prospects, out of the top three quarterbacks. That, to me, is a message that, hey, Patriots fans, mm-hmm. this is a multi-year process right now. All right. If you want to uh, get in on the uh, Patriots draft, and uh, again, we have three months. In fact, we are exactly three months away. Really? From the draft. It is, I believe, April 25th on uh, Thursday night. So it's a Thursday just like tonight. We'll have our full draft show, 6 to midnight. Me, Hart, Fitzy, and Shime. Stiz. I mean, we are we are locked and loaded that Fight night. Fights galore. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so all the football stuff, Bill Belichick, without a job, may be without a job for the upcoming year, uh, on the table for you. But also... Interesting uh, rumor slash report out there of someone who might be joining Doc Rivers' staff with the Milwaukee Bucks, and I'll tell you, I don't care for it at all. So we'll tell you who that is coming up next year on the Rich Keefe Show. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart, WEEI, on this uh, Thursday evening. A couple of quick basketball-related uh, nuggets here for you. First of all, the All-Star uh, starters have been announced, Hart. Jason Tatum, All-Star starter. There's pretty good. Pretty, uh, pretty good. Derek, Derek White. White. <laughs> Not a starter. <laughs> we're going to have to wait for the reserves to come out to see if he made it. But he is uh, maybe a dream teamer. It's Giannis, Tatum, Embiid. Tyrese Halliburton and Damian Lillard in the East. And they're going back to the traditional Eastern versus yeah. Western Conference. Uh, in the West, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, and Shea Gildress-Alexander. So you really could go uh, U.S. versus the world. I think you have five and five. If you're, They've if you're, done that before. They did? They? For, oh, no, no, that's hockey. That's done Hockey's that. done that. Um, but, yeah, so then next Thursday we'll find out the reserves. We'll find out if uh, Derek's white campaign paid off or not. Uh, So Doc Rivers, the news of the NBA week really has been 
the Milwaukee Bucks firing Adrian Griffin in his first year as head coach after 43 games and a 30 and 13 record. They fire him. And then Doc Rivers, who reportedly uh, got the TV job at ESPN because ESPN said they thought Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson might get back into coaching and they were worried about that. At least that's what they said. So they brought in Doc Rivers, who half of the season leaves for a coaching job. But not even just leaves for a coaching job. At some point, started consulting. Became a consultant for what Griffin. What a snake. What such, a snake. Such a snake. Oh, my God. But, it's like freaking Gladiator where he hugs you and then just stabs you in the oh, back. With that little knife. That little yes. knife that probably hurt, that hurts even worse. So this was from Jason McIntyre. Now, I don't know. He's a guy that pops up on the uh, Colin Cowherd show sometimes. He tweeted out earlier today, uh, quote, I'm told Jeff Van Gundy is in talks to join Doc Rivers' staff in Milwaukee. So Van Gundy. What's is, that now? Yeah, Van Gundy. work for the Celtics? Yes, he's a Celtics advisor right now. Speaking of backstabbing. Yeah, so if you're getting a paycheck by the Celtics, you can't leave and coach the Bucks. And I'm not even saying Van Gundy's like this great coach, right? It's not like, oh, here comes, you know, uh, Red Auerbach or Phil Jackson to go coach the Bucks. I'm not worried about that part of it. It's just you've been working all year with Brad Stevens and everybody in the front office. And, you know, I don't know what his relationship's like with Missoula, but I'm sure it's here and there and doing all stuff focused on the Celtics. And then halfway through the season, you join the team that has the best chance of beating them in the Eastern Conference. You can't do that, can you? No, I I, I gotta um, reveal that I'm a little naive here. Though, what exactly do you have? What has Jeff Van Gundy been doing? Uh, have you read any specific sort of? It's a good question. Like, uh, is he in person? Is he zooming? Is I want to say answering emails. Is he Terp would know better? Our guy who covers the Celtics at wei.com. I feel like I've seen guys sort of. Uh, they've seen him at practices and like they've seen him. Now I don't know how hands on he is with the players because. It's he's literally... not hands on; he's ankles on. <laughs> remember you? I, I do remember that famously. Oh, okay. uh, so I think he is a senior consultant to the basketball operations division. Yeah, I bet you he's been here only a handful of times. Maybe, but I mean, they hired him back in October, so he's technically been a member of the Celtics organization for three months. So you can't stick out the year and then go join the Bucks. You got to go join well, the Bucks now. No, he hasn't issue... done it yet. But I'm just saying it's weird. If he left. To become the head coach of the Bucks, I'd have no problem with it, especially for the reported forty million dollars or whatever that Doc <laughs> Rivers is getting. The snake it pays to be a snake. <laughs> yes, um, it does. But to to go be an assistant or a consultant or whatever the hell he's going to end up being on Doc Rivers' staff, I don't. Lo- and I was hoping there was going to be a domino move here. I was hoping he was going to go back to TV because I think he's the best there is in the business. I love listening Do to the really? basketball game. Yeah. I, oh All my right. god. Okay. I think he's phenomenal. He did the impossible and made it uh, watchable with Mark Jackson, who's the opposite end. I'm the not best and the Mark worst. Jackson. He, Mark Jackson sucks. <laughs> yeah, Mark Jackson's not good. Hand down, man down. You're like, right, I got it. Okay, got it. No, Mama, there goes um, that man. Right. Did, did you see the Mike Breen, Doris um, uh, oh, send-off they thing? They thanked Doc for his weeks the of weeks service. of service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty good. But I also enjoyed how Doris was like, she got choked up and then she's like and you know he dove all in on this well not really because he's been angling for this job in milwaukee as a consultant already so he was not all in he on was, the broadcasting he was thing. the opposite of of all in but, but yeah. no the jeff van gundy thing is weird i just wish i knew more of like what he really does 
does he know anything that's going on, or is he just like advising from afar? Like, there's a lot. I just think it's weird. I think anybody, if you start the season with the Celtics, and unless they trade you to a team, oh, so you want compensation? Well, something. If he goes to Milwaukee, I want a first round pick. I I want something. I want Giannis's brother. Now it hasn't happened. No, you don't want you don't want him. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, so maybe it's all just nothing. I haven't seen anybody else pick it up, so it could be nothing. Although the other day, remember we were uh was it you or Fitzy that was on when we had the report of uh Bill O'Brien? It was like it started with like some random blog and we're like Bill O'Brien. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we were all on. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we were I all was on that. Yeah. That was one of those uh, Happy Valley blogs yeah. or something. So you're like, all right, so that, that ended up being true. So anyway, something to keep an eye on with Jeff Van Gundy. Meanwhile, the Celtics are underway with the Heat, and the Heat are wearing their Heat culture jerseys. Ugh. Yeah, no. It says Heat culture on at center court. That that, is that, that's really bothered me. It bothered so me last year corny. when they played it up. Yeah. Doesn't everybody have a culture? Like what? I don't yeah. Know. Some are good. Some are bad. Some are bad. But everybody has a culture. That's you know what culture. the Heat culture was? LeBron and D Wade. When they had right. LeBron and D Wade, they won titles. When they didn't, they don't. And but like, yet their coach gets $120 million. Sure does. That's a good deal. And he signed it like the day after his divorce went final. Did he? Something like that. Like oh, they, waited, awesome. they waited to that's announce awesome. it until after his divorce was final. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but like that would be like the Patriots writing Patriot way at midfield and then Awful. like on their jerseys. It's yes. Like, Just leave it alone. And people saying, no, no, no. The Patriot way was Brady. Yeah. And maybe Belichick. I don't know. We're not sure anymore. But it was at least Brady, and he's not here anymore. So put the Patriot away. Uh-huh. away. All right. Uh, two hours down, two hours to go on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart here on WEEI. Of course, the news of the day a couple of uh, head coaches hired in the league. Neither named uh, Bill Belichick as the Panthers and the Falcons find their guys. Seahawks and Commanders still yet to uh, officially hire a head coach. But I also want to take a look at the conference championship weekend as we are just a couple of days away from the final four in the NFL. So we'll do that coming up next year on WEEI.